Man, just really quickly, before we get into the sermon, to be honest, I want to let you guys know, kind of like a praise report. Um, so we have been doing youth services for around a year and nine months, almost, around that area. Um, and you guys, week in and week out, have been bringing your friends, your friends that begin saved. It's been awesome. Anybody ever wonder how many salvations have we ever had? Anybody want to know the total salvations? Who wants to know? Because if you don't want to know, I won't show it. Total salvations ever this year, from January to August, we had 308. That was all right, y'all. 308 people said yes to Jesus. Come on. 308 salvations from January till now. That's this January. That's not total. I think the total is like four something. 308 salvations from January till now. That is crazy. How many of you guys want to see more life to the end of the year? Keep bringing your friends. You ever seen that wall back there with all the names? That's for you to, to pray for your friends. And, and the friends you know that don't come, the friends of you that you want to come, write their name there. We're praying for those names. They're going to be here. They're going to get here. They're going to join the fam. Anybody believe that? They're going to be here. All right, so you guys are probably like, okay, that's cool. A lot of salvations. How many student leaders that we have? Well, since January till now, we actually had a total of 85 student leaders. That's 85 plus because we, we lost a couple. But from January till now, that's 85 people coming on a Saturday and saying, I want more. I, I want one a little bit more than a Friday. I want to I get plugged into ministry. I want to learn what my faith is about. I want to learn this. I want to learn that. That's awesome. So the reason why I'm, I'm mentioning these numbers because, you know, we, I, I, this, is, this is crazy. We're actually, I can't believe I get to say this. We're actually a youth church that is filled with people who haven't really, haven't really been to church for that long. Isn't that awesome? That we're a part of a church. It's like a new church. But then there's always like new people coming in that are getting saved. And it's like sometimes you got to preach the, the stupid stuff, Right? But then as you're preaching the stupid stuff, you're like, wait, this is crazy. I'm actually leading somebody into, like, the basics of Christianity. It's crazy. You know, because sometimes you want, you want to build a church up, right? You want to build a church, you want to build a church, you want to build a church. Sometimes you forget about the people that don't know what the book of Psalms even is. They don't, they don't even know what the Bible really is. They don't even know if the Bible's legit. That's why we did the Bible's legit series. They don't know, you know, what's their purpose. And you have people coming into church. Who's, who's grown up in church? Where are your hands at? All right. Put your hands down. So you guys kind of know the Bible. You guys kind of know the story. Because if I say Jonah, you're like, oh, I know Jonah. If I say Noah, I know Noah. You know, you know all the big stuff, Moses. You guys know all the big stuff. But we got to remember that people come into church not knowing anything. People come into church not knowing the, the Father Abraham. They don't know those songs, all right? You might be here tonight, and you're saying, I don't know those songs. I don't know those people. You came into the right place tonight. We love you. Keep coming. We're going to dive into the Bible. But it's not crazy. Like, and, and what happens is when you become the church that is for the unchurched, you begin to get new revelation. When you become, like in my place, when I have to bring the word, when I have to bring the word to church people, sometimes it's easy. Because the people who know the word, come on, it's not that much you got to do. It's harder to explain a subject to someone that nobody even knows. So when we start in this church and we're preaching every week, I'm stuck. I'm like... Yo, how can I preach this in a way that someone who just came in for the first time, who has no idea about the Trinity, heaven, hell, nothing, they can accept Jesus, understand, and respond at the end of the sermon? That's kind of hard, y'all. It's kind of hard. 
But I just love that. You know what? You know what? Type, you know what type of thought process that is? That thought process of how can we give the gospel in a clear and understanding way? That is the thought process of a healthy church. Healthy church. Healthy churches are always finding a way on how to bring the gospel in a clear way to the new generation. An unhealthy church that is not growing, that people aren't getting saved, isn't too focused on how to explain the gospel. It's more like this is what it is, and if you don't get it and you don't understand it and you fall outside the law, then you're not welcome here. But that's not the church we are. We're part of New Birth Church. We're for the unsaved. We're for the hurting. We're for the broken. We're for the lost. So when you look at all these things, here's a good question. Help me out with the screens. What, what is this all about? Growth. That's a good question. I, I try to put myself in the shoes of someone who's never been to church before every week. Here's a good question, right? In the middle of worship, in the middle of all these things, every week, every week they keep coming and they keep in the front and, oh, you know, I'm having so much fun. And then sometimes you can get caught up and you can ask this question, what is this really all about? Like, what's the point of me coming every week? I'm already saved. I could be somewhere else on a Friday night. I could be watching Netflix. Don't tell me that's not your flesh right now. You could be watching Netflix right now. I your crib. Y'all been watching Netflix all week. I mean, if you have power, if you didn't, you know, we love you. What is this all about? This whole gospel, this whole thing called Christianity, it's all about growth. You hear me, friends? Usually the people that leave the church are people that aren't growing. Usually the people that get offended in church are the people that aren't growing. Usually the people that have problems with church and church people is because they're still stuck on level one. We're on level 30. Let's keep moving. Growth. Your feelings get hurt when you're not growing. Stagnation. Ain't that the truth? Tell the truth and shame the devil. You better help me tonight. Growth. It's all about growth. Check this out. An atmosphere of wanting growth sets the table for correction. So if this whole thing is about growing, an atmosphere of growth sets the table for correction. Do you understand that tonight? An atmosphere of growth. So, so check me out. Everybody, everybody up here. All eyes up here. If this whole thing is about growing, that means if, if we were all here, right? Check this out. If this whole room right now had the mindset of a person that wanted to grow, that's called an atmosphere, right? There's an atmosphere in here. When you got a bunch of Christians together, there's an atmosphere of faith. That's why worship is so crazy. It's because there's so many people in the room believing that God could do something right there, right then. So when we're all together and we're gathering and we're believing, that sets an atmosphere. Okay, okay, so this whole thing is about growing, right? This whole thing's about growing. I'm supposed to walk in, and I'm supposed to leave a better person. In six months in church, I'm actually supposed to be better at life, right? This whole thing's about growing. When there's an atmosphere of grunting growth, guess what that means? You set the table for correction. When there's an atmosphere of growth and pursuing after being better, you set the table for correction. Here's the thing. There's two ways you can grow experiencing some, something yourself or seeing someone else experience something. You jump in front of a chain, I'm not going to do it. Or some of y'all blame me, I had to learn that way by going through it. So, so, so this whole thing about growing has to do with correction. 
You can't tell me you're a leader and you want to grow when you don't want to be corrected. You want to be stagnant if you don't want to be corrected. Correction hurts when you want to stay stagnant. Correction is beautiful when you want to grow. And this whole thing is about growing. I mean, like, if you've been coming here for, who's been coming here for more than six months? Man, I, I pray you know the Bible more. I pray you love Jesus more. And most importantly, I pray you love people more. Because God will always point you to people. So this whole thing is about growing when you want to grow. When you're a person in here that wants to grow, you want to get better at being a Christian. You want to get better at life. You're always going to set the atmosphere and set the table for correction. Because here's the truth. Growth needs correction. And correction needs honesty. Y'all here tonight? Growth needs correction. And correction needs honesty. I'm going to say it again. Growth needs correction. And correction needs honesty. The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit in a beautiful way. The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit as being our teacher. As being the person that is literally speaking into our ear. He's our mouthpiece. He's our earpiece. The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit being our advocate, our helper. The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit being our teacher. And it says in John 14, 26, it says, But the helper, somebody say the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father sent in my name, he will teach you all things. So he's a helper and he's a teacher. And he'll bring you to remembrance all the things that I have said to you. And then it says in Luke 12, verse 2, it says, For the Holy Spirit would teach you and what you ought to say. So wait a minute. So wait a minute. So, so for me to grow, I need to be corrected. Correction is tied to honesty. And the Holy Spirit is actually my teacher. I don't know about you, but the only way you can get better in a subject in class is if you're honest with your teacher. Right? There's something called the PERT. There's something called the FCAP. There's, oh, I don't know. That's not, the, that's not what they call it now, right? What do they call it? Say it again. FSA. I was going to say FCA. I used to take the FCAT. Anybody take the FCAT? You know what these tests are for? When you get to college, you got to take a PERT test. You got to take a PERT or an SAT. You know what these tests are meant for? Pay attention. If you miss this, you miss the whole thing. These tests are made to see where you're at. So that when you go into a classroom, there's a teacher that can deal with your, your mentality, your, your love of education. So, so, so wait, so you want me to grow? Yeah, I want you to grow. What is this whole thing about? It's about growth. Okay, you want me to grow and connect it to growth? It's correction. The only way I can grow is if I'm corrected and if I've seen the things that I need to work on and I know how to work on it. Yes, so growth is connected to correction, but correction needs to be connected to honesty. That's why when you take a protest, there's no point in cheating. You cannot fail a protest. You cannot fail an SAT. You could, but you could. What these tests are meant for, hear me, they're just to see where you're at. They're just to see what's your level of education. So that when you go into classes, the teacher is better prepared to help you because you were honest with your answers. Y'all here tonight? If you aren't honest with God, oh, this is crazy. If you aren't honest with God, a test will give birth to your honesty. Ooh! If you aren't honest with God, I mean, like, you up here worshiping and you, you, you praising God with your lips and outside you're cursing with those same lips. If you are not honest with God, 
If you're not honest with God, because we need to grow. And to grow, we need correction. And to be corrected, we need to be honest. But if you're not honest, a test will come, and that will give birth to your honesty. You're not honest with your answers. I'm going to test you to see where you're at. And some of us, we worry. We say, God, why am I going through so many tests? Why am I going through so many trials? This is the the worst moment in my life. It seems like test after test after test. This seems like trial after trial after trial. This seems like problem after problem. I'm going through this temptation over and over. Now my parents don't want to get a divorce. Now my friends don't like me. Now this came out against me. And everybody is testing me. Why are they trying me? Why are they pushing me? Why are they trying me? Listen, God is trying to get you to a place of honesty. So when you're at rock bottom, I don't know about you, have your most intimate prayers been at rock bottom? Like, God, this is something y'all say this. God, if you don't let this happen, I'll serve you forever, I promise. Remember that prayer? Anybody made that prayer before? God, if my parents don't find out, if you just, please don't let my parents find out. If they don't find out, I'll serve you for real this time. You remember that prayer? God, if you just don't let this happen, this, this one time. One year later, on your knees again. God, this one thing, if they don't find out, I'll serve you forever. Why do you get to that place of honesty? Because you have been put through the test, and friends, you failed. And now you need to be honest with God to, ha- to handle your honest situation. I'm not going to ask God to do something that he doesn't need to do. But when we're not honest, and when you haven't gone through tests and trials... Almost every worship set is talking to a God that you want to do something else than what you actually want him to do. So if you're dealing with sin, to hear me, if you're dealing with sin tonight and you are not honest with God, your worship wouldn't be God help me with my sin. It would be God help me with something else. Help, help, me, help me with my faith. My faith, I need faith. Help me with my belief. I need uh, Lord, help me with the Bible. But you're not talking to God about your biggest sin. You're not talking to God about the thing that's killing you inside. You're not talking to God about the thing that's ripping your face off. You're not talking to God about those things because you haven't been through a test. You haven't been through a trial. But it's when these tests come that you say, God, forget about all these things. Can you just help this addiction of mine? Can you help this problem of mine? What's the biggest thing we need as Christians? We need to grow. How do we grow? We get corrected. The only way to get corrected is to be honest. And if you are not honest with God, a test will give birth to your honesty. So a young man, actually he was kind of middle age in the Bible. His name is Jonah. You guys automatically know the story. I want to read Jonah because he's kind of going through what we're talking about here. It says in, in, in Jonah, verse 2, one day it says, Then Jonah prayed to God from the belly of the fish. He is in rock bottom. He is in that place. Remember that prayer I said earlier? God, we just don't let this happen. I promise. I'll He's in that place. That's called rock bottom, a.k.a. when your sin gets exposed. A.k.a. when your mom sees your phone at the wrong time. A.k.a. when things come out to the church leaders about who you really are. So this is Jonah's situation. Jonah's in one of those situations. He finds himself in a life and death rock bottom, and this is when he gets honest. He prays. He says, in trouble, deep trouble, I prayed to God, and he answered me from the belly of the grave. I cried. Help. You heard my cry. You know, keep that verse up. You know what's the most intimate, deepest prayer ever from a Christian? The deepest thing ever. 
You know, you know what, what gets God going crazy? It's not when you, when you close your eyes and say, Lord, thou shaketh, shaketh, thy thundereth, and the mountaineth. That's not what drives God's crazy. You know what drives God's insane? It's not when you're, when, you're, when you're on, you know, one knee in front of the altar and you're just hitting one of these, Lord, I hope. God doesn't hear those prayers. You know the prayer that God loves to hear? Help. The person that knows how to pray is the person that knows how to ask for help. The person that understands prayer is the person that understands that they suck and they need help. And this is his honest prayer. He's at rock bottom. He's in the middle of a belly of a fish. And he says, help. You heard my cry, yet you pulled me from the grave alive. Oh, God, my God, when my life was slipping away, I remembered God. I love this. And my prayer got through to you. Those who worship hollow gods, God frauds, they walk away from their true love. But I'm worshiping you. I'm calling out on Thanksgiving. I'll do what I promised that I would do. So you have Jonah. God says, go to Nineveh. He says, no, going this way. We do that every day. Come on, seek after me. I love you so much. No, I'm doing this. No, I'm doing that. And in the middle of his disobedience, he's put into a place, a test, where he needs to be honest. Listen to me, friend. Don't wait for a test or a trial to be honest with God. Be honest with him right now. So when the test comes and the trial comes, you already know what you need to grow in. Sam, I get, a, I get a phone call. Hey, I'm going through something. Okay, where, where do you need to grow now? Hey, John, I'm going, Pastor John, I'm going through something crazy. It's the biggest test of my life. Okay, this is going to be the biggest growth of your life. God, this trial is crazy. Yo, John, this trial is crazy. God wants to do something. I know he does, but I don't know where it is. What's the thing that's pulling you most in this trial? Because that's the thing that's going to push you the furthest. God works in tests and trials. It's not, in my, it's not in my notes, but James says, brothers and sisters, these tests and trials, don't be confused. This is going to make you a persevering Christian. Be bold and, 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 and be confident when you approach these tests and trials, brothers and sisters, because they will grow you. The next point, it's when you know his way is the best way that produces a yearning for growth. Y'all here tonight? Man, it's when you know that his way is the best way that produces a yearning for growth. Check this out. Amateurs, they run away from correction. Professionals, they seek correction. Y'all here tonight? An amateur, they run away from correction. But a professional wants to grow. I don't know if you know about basketball, but, but... the best players in the world, you know what they're doing right now? They're training with other basketball players. And they're, they're just getting to know each other's moves. That's a professional. An amateur is, I'm not playing with nobody. I want nobody to learn my secrets. I ain't going to teach nobody nothing. I ain't going to be with nobody. I don't want to be exposed because I'm short and he's big and I can't do that. That's an amateur. A professional seeks after correction. A professional says this. A professional photographer, he compares pictures with other photographers to see how he can get better. An amateur photographer keeps his pictures to himself, hides himself, goes to a corner, and says, no one look at my pictures. A professional dancer trains with a better professional dancer so that they can get corrected and get better. But an amateur, they go into a corner and they dance by themselves, and they show up like, yo, you ready to battle? Are you a professional Christian or an amateur? 
Are you looking at the leaders in the room and saying, let's, let's compare lives and let's see where I can grow? Or are you hiding yourself and you're painting this picture of who you are and you're painting this awesome, beautiful Christian picture and you're keeping it to yourself so that no one can know exactly where you need to grow? Listen to me. If you know that God's way is the best way, you will yearn after growth. If you know that God's way is the best way, you're going to seek after correction. That sounds crazy. I don't want to seek after being corrected. You will when you know what comes after. You know what's my conversations with my mentors? Here's everything I'm doing. What am I doing wrong? Take it. Help me. I need to get better. Help me. I need to get better. Get your name and say, to be honest. To grow, listen to me, we're almost done. To grow, there needs to be an atmosphere of honesty. Right? To grow, there needs to be an atmosphere of honesty. Let's throw up that sermon graphic. I love it. It's so good. Shout out to the team, man. TBH. Somebody say, to be honest. You usually get this. <laughs> if you ever got this message. <laughs> if you ever, this is probably like an emoji with the eyes open like, what? TBH. What? Hurry up and tell me. Why are you writing TBH and then going to say something else? Just say it in one message. That, I'm that type of person. Or I hate, oh, my God, I hate you guys. I got to tell you something. Just say it. Why you got to say you got to tell me something to them? Me reply and then tell me what it is. Just say it. I hate you. Hey, bro, I got to tell you something right now. It's so important. It's so urgent. I'm looking at my phone like, just put in the same message, bro. It's that urgent. You'd have to wait. Oh, I'm venting. TBH. To be honest, this is the realest moment ever, right? This person is like tripping out like, whoa. If that's your mom? Mama? You tripping. Oh, my God. That's your boyfriend, girlfriend? Oh. That's your pastor? What the heck's about to go on? I'm moving churches. That's it. I'm going somewhere else. Heard there's a place called YX on the street. I'm going to visit. Too early. TBH. You know what's the worst message to come? TBH. TBH, you suck at driving. Uh, you guys probably don't drive. But if you ever send that to a girl, they would trip on you. They would trip on you. To be honest, you suck at driving. Here's another one. TBH, you got very bad breath. <laughs> breath is kicking like Bruce Lee. To be honest. To be honest, you, 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 you. I love you like a brother. <laughs> you ever got that message? We're praying for you. <laughs> to be honest, I love you like a brother. That's like a smiling emoji. When you really want to send like the crying emoji. <laughs> Not again. It's the third girl this week. <laughs> Hear me tonight. A TBH gives you. I don't know about you, a TBH in a sense, that's probably the realest moment ever in your relationship with that person. It's the realest moment, right? TBH. Here's my question, Christian. Anybody about growth in here? Who's about growing? I'm about growth. Who in your life has the ability to give you a TBH? Ooh. 
When was the last time you got a TBH? When was the last time you let somebody in to be honest with you? A month ago? Two months ago? A year ago? Here's my question, y'all. How often are you letting people look at your life so that you can grow? How often are you preparing the atmosphere and preparing your heart for someone to be brutally honest with you so that you can accept it and grow? Here's the thing. If this thing is all about growth, we should be looking for TBH moments. If this thing is all about growing, man, yo, to be honest, you're hitting everybody up tonight. Yo, what you got to say? You are allowed three TBHs, and don't put a curse in there. Too harsh, sorry. Who in your life has the ability to give you a TBH? Who are you letting into your life? When was the last time somebody from church gave you a TBH? When was the last time? Listen to me. I'm trying to encourage you. If this thing's all about growth, you need to let people into your life. If this thing's all about growth, let's compare. I don't know if you ever did this before. In, in, in high school or in middle school, you, you took someone else's homework and you compared them. Like two minutes before the bell rings, you, you about to start class and you got, all right, let's see what's going on here. You look at their paper, you look at yours, you look at theirs. Take your pen out, you're like, that's good. Right? You're like, one second, it's like that. When are you doing this with your life? Okay, so you pray at these times of the day. I'll, I'll pray at that time too. Okay, okay, so, so this is how you deal with your temptation. I'll do that same thing. Okay, so, so this is where you serve. This is where I'm going to serve. Okay, this is, this is how you interpret scripture. This is how I'm going to interpret scripture. When was the last time you took your life and you put it next to somebody else's? Listen, this thing is all about growth. And I promise you, listen to me. You know, you know, you know what's the TBH? I'm going to give you a TBH. To be honest, tonight would have been better if you was in the middle of prayer and fasting. Tonight would have been way better if you had been in the middle of prayer and fasting. Tonight would have been way better if, if you had a TBH on your way to church with God. It says in Colossians 3, I'm not trying to jump too off topic. Colossians 3 says, you used to walk in these ways. I'm preaching to you tonight. Listen, church, you used to walk in these ways. In the life you once lived. It's all past tense. When you meet Jesus, something is supposed to happen. I got Jesus, but I still got an attitude problem. I got Jesus, but I'm still dealing with that. No, 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 no. But, but now you must rid yourselves of, of anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Sounds like growth. Sounds like amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Hey. It sounds like I was walking one way and now I'm walking somewhere else. It sounds like I got saved and things started to change. It sounds like I had an experience with Jesus and now my life is turning around. Listen, if your life isn't turning around, that means that you're stagnant. If you're stagnant, that means that you're not growing. If you're not growing, that means you're not being corrected. And if you're not being corrected, that means you're not being honest with nobody. Do not lie to each other. Be honest. Don't lie to each other. Because you took your old self off with the practices. When you said yes to Jesus, you said yes to new practices. And you're saying oh, no to old practices. 
You put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of Christ Jesus. I want to mix in two verses together, verses 7 and 9. It says, you used to walk in these ways. And then it says, do not lie to each other. This is basically a reminder. You used to walk that way. Church, listen, you used to do those things. You used to see life that way. You used to see girls that way. You used to see church that way. You used to see people that way. But you got saved. Now don't lie to each other. Do you see the connection? You used to do this. You used to do that. But on one night, you bowed your knee and you said, God, I want to be a Christian. I want to live for you. I want to give you everything I have. And then it says, you used to do that. You got saved. Now don't lie to each other. Don't lie to each other. Be honest. Man, I got so much respect for the leader that hits up another leader and says, I messed up tonight. Help me. To be honest, be honest. Be honest. And here's the thing. If you're that perfect person in church that doesn't sin, be careful with the honesty people give you. Because if you spread that, that's gossip, that's dirty of the devil, and you put someone else's reputation on the line because they trusted you with their honesty. Person that's spreading gospel around the church, gospel, gossip, spreading gospel. <laughs> Whoever's spreading gossip around the church doesn't have a heart of God. That's the spirit of division. To be honest, church, be honest. Be honest. Who, who goes to hope groups on Wednesdays? Anybody go to hope groups? Check this out. In, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be launching hope groups. But, but in the hope group, we're going to have a youth group with a youth leader leading the youth in the hope groups. That's happening in a couple of weeks. So raise your hand if that was you again. If you go to hope groups, we're sending a leader to your group. Keep finding friends. I want to see all y'all in hope groups, all right? You know what that moment is for? That's for you to connect with some people and to be honest. Hey, I don't understand the Bible. Hey, I don't understand these things. Help me. Let's do this together. Let's do this together. To be honest, be honest. Here's another TBH. TBH, if God was living in you, would you still do the things that you do? To be honest, it says in First Colossians, First Corinthians, Corinthians, it says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? Keep it there. So this is a reminder. Listen, church, God lives in you. You are the temple of the living God. You are the temple of God. God is living in you. Now that you know that he's in you, would you still do the things you do knowing that God is in you? To be honest. To be honest. Would you write to people the way you do? Would you flip on people? God is in me. I am a walking, breathing, altar call moment. That's who I am. When I said yes to Jesus, I said no to hate. I said no to anger. He's another TBH. TBH, you either let your past push you or pull you. I'm asked the worship team to come up. To be honest, your past will either push you or pull you. What does that mean? Your past. So, so guys, check this out. If, if behind me is my past, behind me is everything I used to be, everything I was before I met Jesus, I, I'm trying to move forward. What is this whole Christian thing all about? Let's say the G word. Ready? One, two, three. Growth. I love, I love it. Just, oh, you're almost there. Let's try it again. 
this whole thing, what is it all about? It's all about growing. It's all about growing. So if, if I'm all about growing, I'm all about moving forward. Guys, look at me. Look at me tonight. I'm, I'm all about moving forward. So if I'm moving forward, what tends to happen is that our past is right behind us. Who we used to be. How we used to do things. Who we used to date. The sin we used to deal with. The people we used to hang with. And so many Christians stop growing because they're looking back at what used to happen. And this is where this point comes in. Listen, your past will either pull you back or it'll push you forward. One of my boys, he goes to this church. He lost a bunch of weight at once. Let's go worship team. Let's start to play. Let's get hyped. Let's do this. Can y'all make some noise for our worship team? Aren't they awesome? One of my boys... Uh, he was trying to lose a lot of weight. You know what he did? This is crazy. He took a bowl of food, right? So his mom made him a nice big bowl. He took a knife. So he didn't change his diet. He changed the amount he was eating. So if you ever wondering, that works too, all right? If you eat a lot, a lot of healthy food too much, you're still unhealthy, all right? So portions. So he started taking a knife. He'll split his meal in half. He'll separate it. I'm going to eat this, and I'm not going to eat this. Same bowl. He was just trying to, you know, lose weight quickly. So he just separated his food in the same plate to the point that he carried around some bleach in a little cup. And he'll pour bleach into the other side of the plate so that he wouldn't even think of eating it. He lost like 100 plus pounds, y'all, doing that. Didn't change his diet. Didn't go vegetarian. He just ate less. It was the same food. It was the same plate, but he separated, and he threw something on it. And he, uh, you would not eat bleach. <laughs> I mean, I don't know you. You wouldn't do it. Here's the thing about some of us with our past. We're trying to separate from something that still looks good. Here's the thing, it's either going to push you or pull you. We're trying to separate from something that's still pleasing to your eyes. You say he's crazy. I see spiritual people trying to move forward, looking back with an X at the corner of their eye. Looking back at a situation. And sometimes we set ourselves up. We set ourselves up. One slip and we fall right back into our path. You need to get to the place where you say, I'm so concerned with growing that one little vision, one little sight of my past, and I'm disgusted with who I used to be. I'm disgusted the way I used to act. I'm hurt. I hurt myself. I hurt my family. I hurt my loved ones with what I used to be, with how I used to treat people, with how I used to treat myself. Man, I was so selfish. Man, I loved myself to death. I thought I loved that girl. I thought I loved that boy. I thought I loved that sin. Now, I love myself more than anything. You got to be able to move forward so that when you look back at your past, it's just going to push you forward because you're so concerned with growing. The past stays in the past, and it'll only push you towards your destiny. Whenever you fall into the old ways of life, it's because it still looks good. You got to do something. You got to look at your past and say, that was a stagnant moment in my life. 
I'm all about growth. So what God has for me is better what I think is good for me. What God has for me is much more pleasing than what I used to do and what I used to be. Everybody on the feet tonight. Everybody on the feet tonight. Come on, what a beautiful name. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name.